If it flies, it dies all the way. Marshall in the middle. There we go. That's perfect. James okay. Given, what's going on, buddy? Long time no see. Yeah. Uh, just starting back to school and stuff like that. Uh, I went over to school, actually, to use one of their computers in the computer lab, but the all the Zoom stuff was messed up on them, so they were like, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that. I was like, well, I guess I'm using my phone. Yeah, you know, the phone is a great option. The The cameras and everything on the phones these days are you know, top-notch, high-quality. So you look good right there, man. You're looking good. You're looking good. Tell me, Thank tell you. me, where are you from, man? Uh, I was born in Vandenberg Air Force Base, California. My, my father was a pilot and a missile test engineer in the Air Force. I saw some of the pictures of your dad. It looked like he was involved in some pretty cool stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he got to live his dream. What 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 did he do? Tell me about what some of the stuff your dad did. Well, uh, he learned to be uh, a pilot um, by working in a bus garage in Charleston, West Virginia, and learned to fly float planes on the Canal River, Aronka twin float float planes. Earned his pilot's license in 1944. Then he went in the uh, U.S. Marine Corps in 1945 in January. Graduated early and. Uh, Shipped out for World War II, and uh, the war ended when he was en route to China, but he's still considered a World War II veteran, I guess, but because they uh, went over there and fought in the Chinese Civil War, he was, oh, wow. a, he was a, uh, a courier, a squadron courier. He was only 17 years old, rode around on a Harley Davidson uh, taking you know, dispatches to people and stuff like that, and then after that, he came back to... United States, uh, went to Marshall University, and then uh, went into aviation cadets. Oh, that's great. That's great. Where did you come along? Tell me about, tell me about, you know, you, your, your birth and growing up and, you know, the, your mom and, and your family. Tell me about that as a, as a youngster. Oh, well, uh, gosh. Uh, well, dad went to Korea. Dad went to, his first uh, assignment was the 1100th Special Air Missions Group. At Bowling Air Force Base, which is Sam flies all the dignitaries and politicians around, and uh, like that. That for instance, Air Force One, uh, when it was the, the tail number was twenty six thousand, without the president on it, Sam twenty six thousand. But then he, uh, after he met my mom, she worked at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. They got married. Then he went to Korea. And he flew uh, Douglas B-26 invaders in uh, interdiction missions, you know, shooting up truck convoys and railroad locomotives and bridges and stuff. And he came back. Well, and my, my oldest brother was actually born while my dad was doing his combat tour in Korea. And then uh, he came back, and they went to Texas. And then my other brother came along at James Conley Air Force Base there in Waco. And uh, let me think. He, uh, they went to Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, and then they went to the Philippines. And he flew with the 31st Air Rescue Squadron there at Clark Air Base. And then he went to be the operations officer at Tachikawa Air Base. Then he came back and went into the missile business, but he always flew. You know, he told him he wasn't going to go into missiles unless he could keep flying, and he'd uh, do, you know, flying for the ORIs and stuff like that. And um, so... 
my I, this was in right before, this was right before the Cuban Missile Crisis. We always laughed. It was Dad was down a launch control facility, but Mom was sitting on top of one, waiting for Doomsday. You know. Uh, but uh, then we came along, I guess they thought it was okay, and the coast was clear to have a couple more kids, myself and my brother, and we were at off, I mean, at uh, Vandenberg until 1966, we went to SAC headquarters off at Air Force Base in Omaha, Nebraska. But then he deployed to Vietnam, he went and he commanded the 553rd Recon, which was EC-121R Constellations, they flopping down the Ho Chi Minh Trail getting you know, sensor readings, and they, they would call in the airstrikes. Um, and uh, after he came back from there, we moved back to uh, Offutt, and then he uh, retired a couple years after that. What was moved... growing up like? Oh, I, I loved it, you know. I mean, I got to live some great places. Uh, I really, We really loved Omaha, you know, and uh, Texas as well. I, I, I mean, I would move to Texas right now if I could. Uh, we lived in a little town called Kerrville, where my grandparents lived on my mom's side. Excuse me. But, uh, you know, the Texas Hill Country, you can't beat it for the beauty and just the splendor of it all and the things to do. And I don't know, it gets a little bit hot, but, you know, it's nice down there. Yeah, I agree. Bless. Yeah. Amen, right? Oh, yeah, I love Fort Bliss. So, so tell me about you know your decision to join the army. Where where were you at, and what how do you know how did all that come about? Oh gosh, I don't know. I was restless, and uh, I don't know. I was kind of getting getting on a, a little bit wild, and uh, I I'd already had my books and everything for Marshall University, in my dorm room and everything. I said, "Bye, I'm joining the army," and I wouldn't let them take me unless I was airborne because I had read. Ross S. Carter's Those Devils in Baggy Pants when I was a little kid. And I still have the book, the same book. Oh, really? You know? That's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. That's one of the most amazing stories you ever hear, you know, about the way he lived and died, you know. I mean, three men surviving out of a whole company, and then uh, he dies of cancer three years after the war. That's, that's irony for you, you know. Right, but, right. Yeah, that 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 and uh, like movies like A Bridge Too Far and stuff like that, you know, that really uh, you know compelled me to do it. That's great, right? That so look, being airborne is something special, right? I mean, it really is. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So I think that being willing to tell you know your country that you're you will I will jump behind enemy lines and and do the things that you need me to do to secure something, you know, that's, that's a willingness that has been, has been talked about on par with the people that got on the ship with Columbus when he, when he went sailing across the ocean, right? You know, you gotta have, you gotta have some cojones to jump out of an airplane. What, what was that part of it like? What What's that? I'm sorry. What was jumping out of an airplane like for you? Or did you enjoy it? It was, at first, it was kind of scary. I got to say, it was like, whoa, this the, you know, the first, my first jump on Friar DZ, they medevac six people off the DZ, you know, pop the red smoke. I knew what that meant, you know, and uh, I was like, you know, but I, I learned to love it, you know, it was all part of the game, you know. What and, year uh, did you join? 1983. 
Oh wow! Oh wow! Tell me, tell me about all that. Well, see, that's the thing. I like to tell some of the old timers. Now I'm I went through jump school in tennis shoes, by God, but uh, I uh, I still had the steel pot helmets, you know, basic AIT in jump school, and we ate C rations, you know. Oh wow! And I was the first cycle of basic training that got two BDU field jackets instead of one of the pickle suit ones and one BDU jacket. That's a, you know, it was crazy. Uh, you know, look one way and would think it was World War II still, and look the other way, and it's the modern world, you know, of today, a lot of it. Like, I went through the first cycle of basic training with uh, the people that did, the first people ever in the Army that did Patriot. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, Alpha 3-1. Uh, they're Logan Heights. It breaks my heart. They tore down Logan Heights before I could go back there, you know. But... You know, they did the same thing to Charlie 9354. It's gone, too. You know? <laughs> I, I, I guess I could just look at the corner of Los Banos and Nardine Street and figure it was over that way, but I don't think there's much uh, left to indicate it. Yeah, it's wild how those those old buildings, you know, how hold our memories in that spot on the earth seems special, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was crazy was they, and I don't know what sort of song and dance they were doing, because uh, for a long time there, the guys were in what they called old division, most of the people, over there by, you know, green ramp and stuff. Right, right. Those those barracks were built, I guess, late 50s, you know, the ones, uh, the kind of sand colored or whatever they were and dark brown Three-story yeah. barracks. I, I, and I guess they went unoccupied for a while. I don't know. Because I knew people that uh, had, you know, been in the old World War II-style barracks, you know? The, right, uh, right. Three-story ones. So they burned to the ground in like a minute and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's why uh, That's why they uh, come up with fire guard. Amen. You know? But, Amen. yeah, it's something else. Were you good at uh, basic training and stuff? Were you good at being a soldier? I was uh, I was runner-up for soldier of the cycle, and a, a prior service guy beat me, uh, Cintron. Yeah, he was funny. A very thick Puerto Rican accent, and he'd tell people to cover down, you know. <laughs> He's a really good guy, you know. And I was teaching, uh, well, it came with the territory of me growing up, but I was teaching remedial aircraft rec in the AIT, you know. That was that was fun. Oh yeah, right. Were you good? Were you good at aircraft recognition? You know, that's a valuable skill for our skill set. You know, were you good at it? Yeah, it's, that's one thing. I kind of dazzled them there over at the, you know, the school. You know, because they'd never met a, you know, a, a guy in basic training that knew all that stuff. Oh you know, wow! Not just the the nomenclature and the you know, the NATO call-out name. Oh, know. so yeah, yeah. Coming from the background with your father and everything, you you were probably an aviation, uh, you know, expert. Oh, yeah, yeah. We loved it. I was, I'm just, uh, I wear contacts. You know, if I took one of my contacts out, I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> contacts out jumping out of a C-141 one night. That wasn't any fun. Oh, no, I had that happen before. I've lost contacts, yeah, yep. jumping, yeah. Yep. It, 
it uh it, it is a weird thing to, to jump out and all of a sudden your contact's gone and and uh, during that moment you kind of you're not sure what's going on you're not you know you're like am i okay what's happening i just can't see <laughs> well that's the thing and those bcus they gave us you know i don't have any of my bcus left but i still have my uh you know bc yeah you've heard that term okay okay um I, I have my mask inserts though. Oh, that's great. I have a set of mask inserts somewhere too. They're like last line of defense. I got something I can put on. Yeah, I wish I'd have somehow got one of those M17s uh, when they were, I guess, uh, put out of the inventory or whatever. You know, just to have one for the heck of it. Living oh, the yeah. Thing. You know? Oh, yeah. So, did you, uh, how long did you stay in the Army? Three years. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me about coming to the battalion, coming to third of the fourth. Well, now, that was interesting. Well, uh, when I got there, I was sure that some pirate ship had come up the, the Cape Fear River, and those guys were hiding the third of the fourth to avoid, uh, you know, the Coast Guard or somebody. Because there were some pretty salty characters there at that time. They had one guy that found a, a 12-gauge shotgun and a bunch of boxes of shells uh, in the ceiling tiles above his uh, bunk during a health and welfare inspection. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember, I won't say names, but I remember these people's names for some reason. Oh, but that's was, great. What battery were you in? I was Delta battery. Delta oh. Like, um, gosh, what would you say? Um, I was thinking about it. Uh, we we were kind of the black sheep of uh, third of the fourth, and uh, you know we got thrown a lot a lot of uh, people trying to bring in a little bit of corrective discipline in there to get the uh, you know get everybody squared away, and they went worked you know. Oh, so that time I remember back in back in those days there were some great characters over there you know um, you know who who were some of the leaders you remember. Well, and I, I guess it's okay because I would wear it as a badge of honor, but Skeletor, Arthur M. Harvey, Command Sergeant Major. Amen, amen. Yeah, yeah, you made me all this just now. I was looking around to see if I was standing on your grass. That's what I, <laughs> grass. I, I could never catch anybody standing on any grass. Oh, but that's great. If he saw you doing that or throw a cigarette butt down, man, you were in for it. Have you at least a week's extra duty? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. But uh, Colonel Pence was the uh, battalion commander. I, I'm sorry I can't remember the, the man's name. He was a 4th ID Vietnam vet. Gosh, and it escapes me. I know I could dig through a bunch of paperwork and find his name. He even wrote my parents a letter when I showed up there. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, uh, uh it was it was it was kind of a scary place. I for a, you know I was a you know a Christian kid from the suburbs, you know. So and some of those guys they'd been in gangs for ten years before they showed up in the army, you know. Right. So they right. had a little more street smarts than I did for sure, you know. So you were there in a time, you know, uh, what eighty three to eighty seven, eighty eight. Almost eighty seven. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I Got on, went on terminal leave in uh, um, September of '86. Oh, that's great! That's great. Uh, do you remember your first sergeant? 
first song, it was when I got to Thirty the Fourth. It was first song brochures, and uh, Howard Captain Howard W. Edmiston was the uh, battery commander. But then we got First Sergeant Radford after uh, brochures, and then um, and I gosh, it, I'm ashamed I don't remember this man because he he uh, really helped me. The, or the next First Sergeant, I can't you know I'm blanking it out. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. It's always tough to be put on the spot like that. Yeah, yeah. But he was a good first time. He helped me out. That's great. That's great. You know, what What things from those times do you still remember and still, like, count on as daily kind of airborne traits or Army traits? Is there things that, that, that shapes your life in a way? Um, I don't know. Trying to, to keep striving to do better. That's why I'm a – senior citizen back in college, you know, I'm older than all my professors. Yeah. You know? So tell me, tell me about, about going back to college. Tell me what you're trying to, what's your goal? Well, they wouldn't take me back in under anything, but what's called an RBA, which is a Regents Bachelor of Arts, which means, you know, it's you're a jack of all trade and a master of none. But that's the only way, because it's been 15 years since I was back in there. I was been pre-nursing before. I got you. Cool. And I wish I, but the, they moved the school from Montgomery, West Virginia, up here to Beckley, West Virginia. And the uh, nursing program is very small and highly competitive. And I just don't have the uh, academic past to make that club. I got you. you. Know? So, so you're just trying to get through and get that, get that bachelor's degree. Yeah, I've only got two more semesters. Awesome. Yeah, I remember yeah. toiling through that as a as a, a working adult. It was tough, you know. But you know what really gets to me, and I think about this at night, uh, my father made lieutenant colonel in the Air Force with a regular commission with a two-year associate's degree from Marshall. And here I've got almost four, and I'm not even a warrant officer. Yeah, it's so, tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got I got everything bass backwards, kind of. <laughs> if if you could uh, if you could give an, any advice to a young person thinking about you know service to their country and and how how you would characterize your service to someone, what what kinds of advice might you give? Mm, stay alert, stay alive, keep your mouth shut. You didn't see anything anybody else did. Just worry about what you're doing. You know, and Make sure you try to do everything the best way because that's what they taught me eventually. They instilled into me right to the core was if you're doing everything perfectly, they're going to look for somebody else to, you know, go after. So your that's life right. is very peaceful. The better you are, your life becomes much more peaceful. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the more you shine your boots at night, the less the sergeant yells at you in the daytime. Oh, yeah, I never, uh, other than motor pool day, never went out without a spit shine, even my jungle boots. Amen. So if you had to wear a particular pair of boots to, to work a, a one day, what would it be? You're a jump boot guy or a jungle boot guy or what? I like the jungle boots. They're more comfortable. But, uh, you know, uh, of course, you can't wear anything with uh, Class A or Class B other than the Cochran's, you know. I mean... But what was your highest rank you got to uh, in the army? Then that's a, I was a spec four. They weren't sending people to E five board unless you re upped. Just oh, like yeah. jump master school. I, I I was dying to go to jump master school and have that under my belt. 
before I got out. But, you know, you had to re-up to go to Jump Master School. You had to re-up to get any school slots at that time. In fact, they had the, uh, this kind of burns me up. In 1986, they had the Graham-Hudman-Rollins Hud, Cost Reduction Act, where, uh, you know, they, they cut the budgets of everybody, and people were, they didn't turn on the air conditioning uh, in division until July 15th. And that, oh, it gets a little hotter, <laughs> you know, I mean. I mean, of course, you're being spoiled by saying that, you know, because 50 years ago, they didn't have uh, AC in any kind, but still, uh, and, you know, they were, uh, people were uh, road marching back from the DZ, no no cattle cars, no 80 packs, they were, you were humping back from the DZ, so. Were you a good shot? Yeah, I scored expert on uh, rifle and pistol. See, we had, uh, uh, Stinger gunners at that time had the M1911, not not a not an M16, and so there was uh, 25 guys in the Stinger platoon that had 1911s and a few officers. And our the battery commander at that time, Robert F. Barrow, Captain Barrow, uh, he challenged anybody to beat him shoot it, to qualifying with the M1911. And myself and Mark Zardian did just that. And I thought he was a very stand-up guy. I went across the street to the package store and brought us our beer. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to interviewing Major Barrow. Or when I say Major Barrow, I think he's Colonel or Lieutenant Colonel yeah, Lieutenant Col Barrow. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. So, you know, so you were good with a pistol, huh? That's awesome Absolutely. to be able to oh, beat the boss like that. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, I come from a shooting family. My father was a competitive shooter his whole adult life. And of course, oh, being, wow. That's being cool. uh, from the Marine Corps, it's kind of instilled in you there. Every man's a rifleman. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, Were you good at PT? Uh, uh, not if I was been, had been at Rick's Lounge the night before. Oh, wow. So did, were you one of those guys? Did you go to Rick's Lounge and hang out or have a place to you hang out every, regularly? Oh, you know, we go everywhere. Rick's Lounge, Flaming Mug, Bottoms Up, uh, gosh, Blue Marble, bunch of them. Oh, wow. So you, did you have any crazy nights out with the boys? Have to, Not really. Have to I mean, thank smoke? God. What's that? I was wondering if y'all had to pop smoke one night and y'all just could get out of there. Oh, no, 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 I mean, but, uh, no, you know, that's the thing. I had enough sense about me that I didn't I don't want to go too far and get in trouble. Like, uh, we did a deployment in 85 called Rabbit Dog 85 down to Camp Rudder, the Army Ranger camp, excuse me, uh, at Eglin Air Force Base. And uh, we convoyed down to Charleston Air Force Base and loaded the whole battery up on uh, six C-141s and three KC-10 extenders. And, uh, you know, and I got to sit in the boomer's box of one of the KC-10s when we refueled the planes. That was amazing. But, uh, you know, we uh, we went and they put us in GP mediums. We were there like three weeks. And it's pretty hot in Florida. You know, it rains every day for staying down there three weeks. But the I think it was the first or second time they let us go off base. These guys, we went to this place called the Green Frog, and 
these guys got in a fight, and next thing you knew, we were restricted to base for the rest of the time. So that's not, you know, you got to mind your P's and Q's, especially when you, I'm sure uh, they said that the, the base, you know, the Air Force guy, the base commander at Eglin was not happy. I bet, I bet. <laughs> so how did transition out of the Army go? You know, was it, was oh. it easy getting out or was it tough? It was tough. Um, see, I knew I needed to go to college and stuff, but and that, you know, that my parents expected that eventually. You know, they said, go, you know, sell your wild oats, but then you got to come back and go to college. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, I was into cars and stuff, you know. And uh, so I got a job at a gas station, a full-serve gas station back home. And uh, the worst thing was, was, you know, you get treated kind of like a slave by people telling you to do all this stuff. And I was like, I, one day I came to the realization I had this great job with all this pride and all this cool stuff, all this respect, and now I'm pumping gas, you know. Right, and I'm, right. you know, you start questioning your uh, decisions, you know, because, you know, uh, really what what being a paratrooper is is doing a, uh, fun, adventurous stuff that people save up their whole lives to do. Uh, you know. I got a couple of friends that are skydivers. One of the guys got 700 jumps, and the other guy's got 3,500 jumps. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, but that's—I was going to say, you know, like you're—you're. I—I am not a hero, but heroes, I do know some, and I wanted to speak about this man uh, because uh, he's probably one of the most in, impressive people that I've ever met in my life. And he did, he did the trifecta like my dad, World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. His name was Command Sergeant Major Weitzel, and he taught over at Fayetteville Tech. He taught the automotive course. But at 17 years old, he, was, he jumped in the Philippines with the 11th Airborne Division, was the sole survivor of his battalion, and he was badly wounded. And then this guy goes, and he jumps, you know, the, the uh, special ops thing in, in Korea where they jumped to try and uh, capture the POW train. He did that. And then he was um, one of the, you know, people on the ground floor of the, you know, real special forces, the separate special forces. And he spent six years with MACV, 58 to 64, you know, military assistant command Vietnam. And uh, then he came back and was in the airborne board and the guy had 3000 static line jumps. Oh, wow. Yeah, this guy, I mean, I was like, and he was kind of this unassuming little guy that kind of like Papa Smurf or something, you know, didn't seem like, you know, he was the nicest guy in the world, you know. Uh, I don't know, you couldn't hang it, you know, any frightful names on him, really. Amen. Amen. But he must have known what he was doing to go that far. Right, right. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. What is it that... Uh... What is it that drives you, that keeps you going? Do you have a, a spirit inside that maybe you, you know, you, you look to when times are tough? Uh, my, like my parents, you know, uh, they, they went through a lot, you know, a lot of hard times, you know, be the separation and the, you know, the demands of my father's career, you know, I mean, uh, <clears throat> He would go and they would do the ORIs, which they'd fly into a sack base and go, uh, you're at war here, you know, the base commander. And, uh, you know, the evaluation team 
would, you know, you got to pass or fail. And, uh, you know, if you failed, like he, my dad worked for a, a famous kind of notorious guy named Sundown Wells. He got that name where he said, I want that man off this base by sundown. You know, and what it was, these guys, they were going around doing that. But the thing was, what you got to realize is these guys, they're firing. They have families. And they, they might have, you know, been shot down over Germany or Japan during World War II or any number of crazy things. And, but, uh, you know, <laughs> if you have a bad ORI, none of that mattered at that time. You know, your career was over and, you know, you might as well retire. You know, and uh, I think that would be a stressful job to do that, to oh, go yeah. around and, you know, just on a moment's notice. You know, you're putting somebody out of work, you know. So so if you had to look back on your life and live one year again or one time or time period again, what, what would it be? Oh, being in the 82nd Airborne. I wish I, that's the – that every other time, you know, there – I mean, there were some tough times. You know, like I said, there's some crazy characters in there and some people I had some problems with, you know, but – um Gosh, I mean, it was just so much fun. It's like, um, well, for instance, the the day I got to Fort Bragg, I went, you know, uh, I think it was April 27th, 1984, and went to 19. They put sent me to 19th replacement for, for for one thing, which pissed me off, but I fixed that. But um, you know, I'm driving out the road, and and all of a sudden there's this big traffic jam. I go, what's going on? You know, that's one of the MPs. And he goes, uh, oh, it's open house at Pope. And so I pulled around at Green Ramp and parked, and all of a sudden, the, the one of the airborne board T-28s comes screaming over the trees, just, I mean, like I said, just above the trees. And what they were doing was they did the Thunderbirds, the Blue Angels kind of routine, but with T-28s. Right. It was great because, like I said, it was almost like, you know, World War II again. You know, and that was what was I was saying, you know, like, the 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 uh, knights were still using C seven caribous and they still had to te- they didn't use the the mentors the turbo mentors until eighty uh, six I guess it was broke my heart when they brought those out oh wow wow you're still yeah. obviously an aviation buff oh yeah yeah I wish I could fly but uh, you know uh, I'd have to get you know at least uh, now you can get like back then they didn't have corrective surgery for your eyes you know i could do it now but i'm a little too old for all of that you know oh yeah oh yeah plus expensive hobby do you have kids no no my parents were very sick they got very sick long-term illnesses um right about the time that something like that would happen but instead of taking care of my kids i was taking care of them amen well that's a great service that's that's wonderful well, you know, they did they did such wonderful things for me. I thought I owed them, you know. Well, yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, and see, that's the thing. There's nothing like watching a man like my father who was uh, – he, he, he brought the Minuteman missile into service in the Strategic Air Command. Like I got a, I got a newspaper clipping uh, of the ninth Minuteman that was launched – uh, was Operation War Axe. It was the first Minuteman that was emplaced and launched under co- combat conditions. 
That was only the ninth one, but he'd already fired another one before that. You know, it was the Missile Combat Crew Commander, where you turn the keys, you know. Oh, and, wow, uh, that's cool. But I, I, watched, uh, I watched the guy that did that stuff. He got Alzheimer's and watched, you know, biology take his brain away. Right, Which is, right. you know, God, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Amen. Amen. You know, but I took care of him, you know. Well, that's one of the things that we're doing this for. One of the reasons that I'm talking to you and guys like you is to capture these stories for, you know, our battles and our loved ones and the families, you know. <clears throat> Archiving these stories are, you know, it's it's an awesome thing, you know. Thanks so much for, for talking to me, you know. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. it. I, uh, you know, I'm, I thank you for the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, catalog because I've had my health problems of my own, you know, and so, uh, you know, uh, you should live each day like it is your last because one day you'll be right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So let's, uh, let's close this thing out here. Let me, uh, let's do this. Why don't, why don't I call you to attention and you sound off with your motto, uh, whatever your motto might be. Uh, and then uh, salute and sign out. Well, I'm going to have to move you back here, I guess. Yeah, let's see, see if we can get you in camera. Is he get the camera right? We would That'd say if it flies, it dies. There you All go. The back up a little bit further back for uh, me. Can you see me now? No, no, a little bit further back. Let me see. A little here. bit further back. How about that? No, that's bit, still. No, a little bit further back. Sorry, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Oh, that's great, man. Oh, there you are. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. If it flies, it dies all the way. Oh, my gosh. I love it, man. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. What's your What's your favorite cadence? Uh, that's a good one. Um, you know, the... the, the the one up jumped the monkey from the coconut grove. He's a yeah. bad words. He's, I did I did a little it. song with that part of that in it not long ago. Did you see that oh, little okay. song I did on the on the if you look on the Marshall in the middle, you can find it. Okay, I will. Yeah, man. So James yeah. Gibbon, man, I salute you, buddy. Good night, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sergeant Major. God bless. Oh my gosh. Amen.